And we are live for the 18th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Luigi. And tonight I'm with Ryan, the main man at the BBB, the boss. How you doing, Ryan? Doing pretty good, Luigi. I'm glad uh, you knew it was the 18th podcast because honestly, I would have had no idea what number it was. Yeah. Um, no, I honestly, I always have to check. I always have to be looking at the bottom right to see <laughs> the number. But, you know, it's a good, it's a good day. It's a good day because, uh, the Yankees were recording this Monday night. Uh, Yankees just beat the Philadelphia Phillies 4-2. Got a little interesting at the end. Uh, Chappie allowing his first homer of the year. But nevertheless, the Yankees ended their uh, skid that uh, sadly happened against Tampa, which you know we'll talk about that weekend series a little bit. We'll talk about some of the main storylines, which I think all of you know what, what those main storylines are involving a certain left-handed relief pitcher but yeah Ryan uh let's just let's get right into it um before we you know we're going to talk about Johnny Lasagna's performance tonight we're going to talk about Gary's injury we're going to talk about a lot of things but why is why is Chase and Shreve on the Yankees still I mean I've seen a lot of Twitter uh, speculation that he may have something that uh, could blackmail Booner Cashman and honestly at this point it's looking like that has to be the case because He's honestly providing nothing of value. He had a pretty good – I actually wrote about him in an article uh, I think I posted one night ago. It was the Yankees have two long overdue roster moves, and, of course, I touch on Shreve along with Walker, which we will discuss later. But at this point, it appears the Yankees only have Shreve in the bullpen just because he throws of his left arm. I mean, he had a pretty nice April, only allowed one earned run, but ever since then he's been pretty bad. Uh, I have written in here that he's allowed 100% of inherited runners to score since May 23rd. <laughs> so if, if you put someone, if you put wow. them in with someone on base, they're going to score by that stat. Uh, ERA of 10.13, and he's the lefty specialist. Yet his OPS against left-handers is 200 points higher than his against right-handers, and only like 20 less at bats. So at this point, he has absolutely no value. He's got a negative WAR, so you could pull up any kid from Scran and. Um, by the ways of war, they should be doing better than Shreve is. So one point six five whip for the year, um, and look, we've that's like we've heard that about Shreve. It seems like since he's come, he came up in fourteen fifteen. Um, that look, he's not that good against lefties. We, you know, he's a lefty, but he's not exactly a lefty specialist. We we've heard that a million times, and it's just so frustrating that if this guy was a right, I know it's almost dumb to say, but if this guy was a right-handed pitcher, he's off the team. Like he's stayed on the team this long because he's a lefty, and oh, I like I really I was so surprised to see that like he was just still on the team, like he was still on that roster in Philadelphia to, before the game. Because like, how is this guy still on the, the squad? Like, did, you he, see, did you see the fake report by uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the Yankees? Yeah, I woke up and saw that, and I was totally tricked. Honestly, I had texts from like three well, or four different apparently, people. Apparently. Quick note, apparently Scranton, that same account tweeted some other roster moves. Like somebody went to AAA and the Scranton Twitter like retweeted it and like got yeah. fooled. Yeah, I know. Quickly uh, retraced their steps. But yeah, I mean, Chase and Shreve, just really bad. Um, I, I forget what, whether it was Friday or Saturday he came in and was also awful. That was but, Friday. It was Friday. Yeah. So they probably wouldn't have pitched him Sunday. Yeah, but he just – I really just – I'm lost for words. The fact that – the bullpen on Sunday, eight no-hit innings. I mean, it was just everyone's just coming in, mowing the Rays down, no issues, just easy going. The, the, we'll talk about the speaker catastrophe with Clint and 
we'll talk about that next. But, I mean, just the fact that he comes in and just throws one pitch and the game's over. I mean, look, you never want to see the, the Yankees lose games. You never want, like, oh, I'm glad they lost that game. But if that what was needed to happen in order for Chase and Shreve to just get DFA'd or for order in order for him to just be sent to Duke Boone's doghouse, then fine. Then whatever. I, I guess it was worth it. But oh my God, that was just brutal. Yeah. Like, man. Because the moment you saw him out on that mound, you just kind of started having that feeling in your stomach. And yeah, you know, a low to mid nineties fastball right down the middle from a lefty isn't, doesn't yeah, really play. I think, think Shreve said after the game, he was like, I thought I could sneak that by Bowers. I just missed my spot. And that, if I, he said, if, and I quote, if I didn't miss my spot, we wouldn't probably be here right now talking yeah. about this. Like, no no crap, Shreve. I mean, obviously. But, I mean, I agree, man. Jonathan Holder has a, a batting average against for lefties. That's like one – I think in the 100s, if not low 200s, I'd have to double check. But I don't I, understand. I, I take back everything bad I've ever said about Jonathan. Me too, man. Um, but I honestly don't understand this obsession with the lefty specialist having to throw with your left arm. Like, Jonathan Holder obviously holds i mean he's held everybody pretty good but he's held lefties to a lower average than righties because mm-hmm. of like his change up and the way it moves away from the lefties but so i don't really understand why i really don't get why sharif's here like you said other than his left arm and i was telling luigi before the podcast even started i was just getting home from work just turned on the game i knew it was an extra innings but uh didn't even see who was pitching i just see jake bowers hit a ball in center field in the raise announcer going bananas and then i see shreve walk off the mound and it wasn't surprising in the slightest. poetic poetic justice yeah that is um yeah let's uh enough about chase and shreve uh wrap it up with the fact that he he really shouldn't be on the team uh, yeah like no it, it's I, i'm not i don't think he has any options left i mean because no, he's, he's out yeah he's been up and down so they, they would have to be a fam if they I mean, wanted to yeah i mean that's gonna be the next step i mean they need to i mean look they need to find it because at this point, like he really, he's not a lefty specialist. So it's I'm not even gonna say you need to find a better lefty specialist. You literally need to find a lefty yeah, exactly. specialist. Exactly. I, I said in my article that I posted, I said, What's the if he's not a lefty specialist, then what's the point of having in the bullpen? If you want to find a lefty specialist, you should at least put someone that's not gonna allow up five runs in a span of a couple outings, at least as like a stopgap until you can find that man. Because at this point he's not serving that purpose whatsoever. No, no he's not. Yeah. So Chase and Shreve, very bad. Um, well, the, you know, Chase and Shreve met, we not, might not even be talking about Chase and Shreve giving up the, uh, walk-off homer if, uh, Tropicana Field wasn't such a dumb, a normal, normal baseball part. Um, you know, as a Florida native, it really is a shame because, you know, I'm not, I'm not from Tampa, but Tampa is a really nice place. Like has a just beautiful location, beautiful scenery, and you could have such a nice ballpark, Tampa by the bay, waterfront, wherever. And instead, you play in a big white dome and it has speakers <laughs> hanging from the roof that interfere. Like, I always remember, you know, any t- like the cat, you know, the ball hits the catwalk, it's a home run. Yeah. So when I'm, you know, I watch the game, I see the ball just hit something. I'm like, oh, home run, right? Because, you know, I don't, I'm not seeing what the ball, you know, what exactly it's hitting. I just, you know, ball came down. And I'm like, even when Hetcheveria called it, I said, no, nah, that's that's gone. Like, I was almost convinced. Like, yeah, that's a home run. Yeah, I mean, but, I'm oh, cool of course, run. I'm watching, you know, I'm down here in Florida. So I'm watching the Rays stream on TV, you know, the Rays channel. And they, all, they like, know this, like, the back of my hand. Like, oh, no, that's an out. Like, <laughs> he's got it. Like, what? Like, what, do you, what do you mean? 
Uh, but uh, it's just terrible for Clint because the fact you know he gets sent down. Uh, yeah, you think he sent down? You think he sent down Luigi if that ball goes over the fence? Probably because I remember Andujar got sent down last yeah. summer after having that like the game in Chicago. But yeah, I mean, just just terrible. I mean, just the fact that this still happens. I even saw you know you even see other fans on Twitter who obviously everyone hates the Yankees, but even saying like yeah, it, it's pretty ridiculous because everyone has to deal with this and every AL East team. Whether you're a Red Sox fan, a Blue Jay fan, has a story about their team getting screwed in the Trump. Whether and you don't see this in any other ballpark either. It's just the Trump. There's plenty of other yeah. dome stadiums in the major yeah. leagues. We only see this at the Trump. It's just that color of that dome. It's like almost so, it's ugly so similar to a. It's the turf. It's the color of the roof. It's so similar to a baseball. It's hard to see. It's hard to pick up. Oh. What a ter- what a dump! It's really that's all I could call. It. It's a dump. How many times have you been there? Uh, I've never been there. I don't go to. So, Trump. All right, so I've, I've been to tr- I've been to the trough one time, and it was a game where Ivan Nova blew out his arm and needed Tommy John surgery, and I saw the Rays hit like eleven home runs off of the three pitchers the Yankees DFA the next day. So it was total total brutal, and the stadium, like you said, absolute absolute dump. And I have a question for you, Luigi. So you know how Statcast is a big thing now. Yes. According to tw- I saw um, a couple stat gas ge- stat cast geeks on Twitter talk about this. Frazier's ball was projected to go 335 feet, and the foul the foul line for the Ray Stadium is 318 feet. So if they're able to able to figure out what that ball would have went if there wasn't an, obs- an obscene object in the way, I wonder why Major League Baseball hasn't took the initiative to incorporate that technology to. Instead of having these playground rules where it's like, oh, if it hits a tree in left field, just play it off the tree like I would in like a cul-de-sac game. Why couldn't you actually take advantage of the technology you have and implement a rule so the game can be played fair for all? I just don't really understand why something like that at least could be looked at or talked about. I feel about. like that's something that like like would happen in backyard baseball. Where yeah, exactly. I mean, I've played plenty of backyard baseball. I know I've, I've had plenty of hits hit off the tree and I get a triple. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel totally get that. The stadiums in backyard baseball are much better than the trap. I'll tell you that right <laughs> yeah. now. But, it, you know, Neil Walker, he – he shouldn't be uh, left off the uh, the slander list because that yeah. at he had where he looked at three straight two fastballs and then a curveball right down the middle. I mean, he should have been DFA'd like when he got back to the dugout. Should have at least like, swung for courtesy, like swung after he caught the pitch. At least make I mean, an effort it's, to swing. It's so that. it's so easy to sound like you know just that fan that's not like oh well you're not an athlete and you know you're saying it's so easy. But when you see a professional athlete look at three pitches down the middle. Like, you just have to ask yourself, like, dude, what are you doing? Up I mean, at least all the chances would swing the bat. Like, oh, my God. Like, it's just like he was almost fooled by, like, that 2-2 curveball. Like, yeah, man, you just looked at two fastballs down the middle. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, did, did he Neil strike Walker. out two more times tonight? I'm pretty sure he did. And they are yeah, bad at best. Every time he strikes out, I swear he just looks at the umpire like, bro, what the heck? I'm like, dude, you suck. Yeah. Get off Neil, the field. I mean, with Brandon Drury, I look. They're keeping down Brandon. They're keeping Jury down because of the whole, you know, if he stays down twenty more days, they get. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, do you think they're just doing that for trade value? Because I mean, at this, do you really think Jury is going to be with the Yankees long term? Like, I mean, I don't. But I mean, yeah, they they're just trying to make it more attractive. It's just, a, it's just a smart business thing to do. Like, it's yeah. kind of screwed, you know, because Jury probably deserves to uh, be on the team right now. Yeah, I mean, if we look at how Bird's playing, you look at how – I mean, look at even Austin. I know Austin had his struggles too, but, like, Austin played well enough to stay on the squad. And, you know, just there's not enough room for everyone. And 
another guy we're going to talk about later is Greg Bird because this is just the we should just call this episode the you know who <laughs> Flander Flander Bird. Flander who are we going to talk crap about for the fifty-one and twenty-five Yankees? Right now. <laughs> the fifty-one and twenty-five Yankees, all their crony players in one episode. Yeah. yeah, let's not talk about the good. We're talking about the bad, but oh man, um, yeah, another uh, another bad thing that uh, happened this weekend, past weekend was a. Uh, Gary getting hurt, and uh, look, I the moment he pulled up at first, like the moment he like started, uh, you know, grabbing corn, I I knew. It. I said, oh, yeah. definitely, man, hundred like, percent. Like, because look, I mean, the guy's been struggling so much at the plate. You know, he can't get it going. But you're not just gonna you're not just gonna put him on the DL and sit him down, you know, for no reason. But the moment he pulled up, that was their excuse. That was their ticket to say, okay, Gary. You're sitting down for the next week or so. He's going to be out until the All Star break. I think that's just the perfect. Yeah, time. there goes his All Star hopes. We all thought he yeah. was going to somehow they, make the All Star team. I think they labeled it. Average. Yeah, they. I think they labeled it three to four weeks. And yeah, so that would put us. Yeah, that puts well past it. That'd be almost August, man. Three. Uh, yeah, three weeks. I, if, the they, I think they said it's going to be more towards the later, but we'll see. But yeah, that would yeah. definitely put us after the All Star break. Well, I mean, look. I mean, you know, with these injuries, look, Tanaka. We didn't think. I mean, Tanaka just threw his first bullpen, I believe, a few days ago. So. I'm these these injuries they not they lag a lot of times so you don't know how long Gary is going to be out for you don't know if it's more serious than originally mm-hmm. thought but oh uh, Luigi what do you think of what Aaron Boone said on Gary Sanchez did you see that in the group me um no I, I can read it I'll read it to you yeah read it so it's Aaron, Brian Hoke the uh, Yankees beat reporter for MLB.com tweeted this out around 5:30 today he said <clears throat> Aaron Boone on Sanchez's deal stint Maybe it's a time that we make sure he's staying proactive with the conditioning so that when he does come back, he's in the best possible place so that he can be physically sound the rest of the way. Do you think that's a shot fired at Gary's like fitness or like his conditioning um, level? Or do you think this Boone just awkwardly worded something and we're just interpreting um, it that way? It could. Like, honestly, I was about to say, I would lean more towards awkward wording because I think Boone saw how much, uh, how much shit Girardi got last year for kind of throwing Gary under the bus? Yeah, in the season. So, but yeah, because I don't think Boone's that type of manager. But hey, who knows? Because I I don't know uh, Gary's conditioning or if Gary's a you know workout freak or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's very interesting. But I d- it's definitely going to be a much needed uh, three or four weeks. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a mental break as much as it'll be a physical break. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, and uh, look, I'm not. Don't I'm not a part of the uh, fan base that's uh, saying, "Hey, uh, thank God, Romine's starting out." Oh my gosh, I can't stand those people, man. I'm not, but you know, Romine. Let's just say Romine's. I don't think Romine's going to be a 300 hitter by the All Star break. If he is, it's good on him. But he's going to be mid 200. He's going to fall back down to earth 100. percent I think he'll be like a. He'll still have some clutch hit moments here and there, but I definitely think he'll fall to the 250, 260 range by the time Gary comes back. Yeah, because, um, <laughs> yeah, Romine has just been – I mean, Boone, that's something that I give Boone a lot of credit for, that, he, you know, he's been talked about a lot, that he challenged Romine yeah. at the beginning of the season. So he's like, you know, give him more behind at the plate. And uh, he has. He for sure has. But, you know, to just continue with uh, – actually, you know, let's change it up because we're talking about how bad Chase and Shreve and Neil Walker are at baseball, you know. The Yankees, uh, the Yankees, that guy in the Yankees who's also big, the guy that's not named Judge, um, he's starting to heat up a lot. And it's something I've said about Stanton, you know, during all those struggles is that 
once the summer comes around and once the weather starts heating up, he's going to start heating up. And man, he's been just ripping the ball. Had a five, I mean, I think his second career five hit game. Uh, it was the first five five hit game for the Yankees, I believe. Since yeah. His fourth four hit game. Like, imagine that. He has yeah. four four hit games. The rest of the team has four of them. So that tells you that. Yeah. I mean, he's just. Like, he got a big two-run single tonight when it was a 2-1 game and made it 4-1, which, you know, turned out to be some big insurance, especially with that home run at the end. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, he's has about around an 850 slugging percentage the last 10 games, um, above a 440 average around that. Did you just, watch the whole game today? I didn't. I watched uh, some of it. I didn't. I was uh, out doing stuff. So real quick, I just want to make a comment that I thought was I, I thought was pretty noticeable. I was watching the beginning of the game before you get back to what you're saying. Something. One of the things I think that's definitely helping him is that he, his first inning at bat against Vincent Velasquez, he drew a walk. But the thing that I found the most interesting was that he was down, I think, either 0-2 or 1-2, and he laid off th- two or three pretty tough breaking balls that were down away and laid off one of those. Because you know how pitchers like to challenge him high and inside with their heat because of his close stance and that they don't think he can turn on it. So he laid off all those pitches and took the walk. And I think that's that in itself is almost more meaningful for me than like all the good hits he's been having because I, that tells me that his approach has changed dramatically. And I think that could be one of the reasons why. Well, we talked about we talked about on like the first few episodes that we had during the preseason that Judge and Stanton are going to learn a lot from each other, and I think Stanton, because whenever Judge is going through a cold streak or cold, not it's not a cold streak, but yeah. anytime Judge is cold, a little funk, a little funk, exactly. He'll always you'll always notice how he usually gets out of it is he'll start to take walks, he'll start mm-hmm. to see pitches, he'll start same to duty after yes. his bad stretch, yeah, and. I think Stanton's starting to do that a lot more because – and look, Stanton has probably made it a bit easier on himself because he has just chased, like, every low and outside breaking Like, the whole world knows that an, an exactly. outside breaking ball is like, coming, and he's exactly. still swings at it. So he's, I can like, tell you from my couch. <laughs> exactly. Like, he's just swung at that pitch so frequently that now it's like, hey, they're going to keep throwing you that pitch for a while. Like, just – if you lay off that pitch, you're going to have a lot of 2-0, 3-0, 3-1 counts because – that's your scouting report now. Throw this guy a low outside break. Exactly. And he's probably going to swing. And when you start laying off those pitches, guess what? They're going to have to find a new plan. And, yeah, he, he – it's just so – because you always talk about how different him and Judge's home runs are. And, oh, my, I just love watching him hit those line drives because you, you really never know because – he just has those doubles that literally look like base hits, but then instead of just dropping in front of like the left fielder for a one hop, they just slowly but surely <laughs> rise over his head. Like the one, he hit the, the one he hit the one he the the one he hit the shortstop at the trop. That yeah. was literally just a ground ball off the middle. You're but, like, oh, base hit, and then you just <laughs> you see you Kevin Kiermaier sprinting to left yeah. center because that ball is rolling all the way to the warning track, and it went like, past. Has unreal, like unique. It's such like unique power. It's not like your Definitely. classic thudding power. It's just. Precise. It's awesome, but yeah. So Giancarlo, I think he's gonna just continue this. I'm not saying that he's gonna have another 17 homer month like he did last August, but you know, I think that this uh, hot Giancarlo is here to stay. Because I'm telling you, I think think the weather has a lot to do with it. I mean, there's playing baseball because playing baseball in 40 degree weather, like for a Miami guy too. Yeah, for a guy who's you know from Cali, played in Miami. Just he's used to, he's used to that warm climate, and you know I know this 
you know, still cold in September and October, I know. But, hey, for now, I think Giancarlo is going to continue to be the MVP Giancarlo that we all hoped we were getting. And uh, But now let's move on. Back to slander? Yeah, we're about to <laughs> slander someone else. Um, Greg Bird is one for his last 18. Bird is not the word, Luigi. He has, has a, a 393 slugging percentage. Also, literally, it seems like – is it just me or is Greg Bird just up in every big situation? Yeah, he there? is. It's like, all right, here's where Bird. And whenever his... he's up, you're just like, oh crap! What's he gonna do to mess up this time? He's like, I know our uh, our admin editor Andrew who texted in our our Bronx Bomber Ball group chat. He said Bird about to K here, and then he hits into a double play. Yeah. I think any yeah, I think I think anyone in our chat could have outrun that ball except for Greg Bird. Oh, the ball is so slow. I think we, yeah, I think we so saw in the turns. playoffs last year how slow Greg Bird is. Um, yeah. He's just he, like usually the catcher on like probably like 80 90 percent of teams. Like the catcher is usually the slowest guy. Oh no, right? Gary can 100, Gary Romine can 100. Yeah, like I truly believe if there's like you know, you had like a sprint just to first around the base or whatever, that bird would be the slowest guy on the team. Maybe, maybe he would outrun like CC if you had like, oh man, you put some you put some food at the finish line. I bet CC could be bird, oh, man. Captain Crunch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think just. Like, cause there's so many, like, it's crazy. <laughs> I think my least favorite part of the Yankee Twitter are the people that just love Greg Bird. And I know. The people that, like, look, I'm not going to like chastise you for loving Greg Bird. Cause you know, he's had some big, he has a lot of potential. He could, he's, he still has a lot of time to be great, mm-hmm. but right now he's just brutal. And I mean, he just has not showed anything this year because look last year, if you want to pin his struggles on, you know, the fact that he was hurt, and the fact, you know, hey, when he came back in the postseason, he was a lot better. Fine. I agree with all that. But, I mean, even when he – like, even this year, when he just came back and was batting third, like, I, I was just never in, like, the party of, like, oh, yeah, Greg Bird's, like, the three-hitter for this team. Like, he's just yeah. – like, he's just not that good. I mean – this doesn't like, have that flair, man. Like, you know when Judge and Stanton get up? Like, even when Judge or Stanton are struggling, you know, like, th- there's a big chance they can come yeah. through here. When Bird comes up, you just don't have that. It's almost like – I almost want to not watch the TV just because of how much he's been struggling. And, I'm, I mean, look, I get that, like, you're a lefty. You're going to struggle against lefties. But you got to give me more than one for 21 versus yeah. lefties on the year. Like, come – like, that's just brutal. It's just not major league hitting. And – like, because look, it's coming to the point where it's like, all right, he's been back for around a month now. He's still hitting under 200, you know, six, like 393 slugging, 685 OPS. You know, he's, he's he hasn't been good. So, no. you know, you, like I know Brandon Drury doesn't have a lot of experience at first. Tyler Austin's still down there. I mean, hey, at this point, Luigi, would you, would you rather have Drury and Austin up here than Bird? I, I mean, at this point. I mean, uh, it's I, I just, a tough decision because I it, like I do value having an actual first baseman. Like yeah. Bird isn't a great defensive first baseman, but he's he's, he's legitimately good. He's definitely and he's legitimate. Obviously, much better a much better defensive first baseman than Austin, and clearly Drury, who just yeah, because he never played. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I still think that's why he's you know just going to remain first baseman because that's literally the one first baseman, the actual one first baseman the Yanks have besides Austin. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I mean, they got Mike Ford down there in AAA. He almost made the Mariners out of spring training. But is, is G-Man Choi still available? No, no. Actually, <laughs> pretty sure he he hit a grand slam for the yeah, Brewers no, this I, year, and they DFA yeah. him the next day. I, I was about to say I saw that he hit like a big time grand slam, and it's like, oh, see him, see him, G-Man. Sorry. We're, yeah, we're sorry, G-Man. Um, 
Yeah, the uh, let's talk about the uh, game tonight real quick because, uh, you know, enough of talking about who's bad and who's good because this team is 26 games above 500. Mm-hmm. So we should be happy with that. And the Yankees Stop complaining, started, guys. <laughs> the Yankees <laughs> started off the series with, their, with the Phillies with a win. A 4-2 victory. Um, One on the side of pasta. Yeah, Johnny Lasagna was just dealing tonight. He had it going. Just through five no-hit innings, only allowed one hit, no runs. I mean, just the, the kid's I, legit. I'm man. Ca- I'm, the cash cash made the uh, Mariano comparison. Like you know, I I don't really see that. Like I think that was just like I'm not sure what he was talking about exactly. Like what he saw in him that made him say Mariano. Yeah. Probably want to get the headline that because we're talking about it right now, but yeah, the kid just has really good stuff. I mean, I really enjoy watching him pitch. Um, just really, I mean, I know it's such like an overrated thing, is like the whole like no hitter thing. It seems like how many young pitchers ha- are like through five no hit innings, but yeah, but they weren't, it wasn't just like it wasn't just no hit innings though. He was, yeah, he they was, look, I had no chance. Carrera's helmet down. flew off every single swing against yeah. him. He took three straight breaking balls, and the man pulled his head out, and his helmet flew off every single swing. Like, there was no chance. He just had so much poise and just looked so confident on the mound tonight against a Phillies lineup that's not bad by any means. They have yeah, some the sluggers. Yeah, the Phillies have been a very good team this year. They're right in the thick of the NL East. But, yeah, I mean, five and a third, one hit, no runs, two walks, eight strikeouts, only 86 pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, it's already a second win. Uh Sure, got two wins. Uh, he sure got his wins faster than Herman, you know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I could see him possibly sticking in the rotation if Herman has another clunker, and then to, and then Loisiga comes back and pitches another outing like this. I could honestly see the Yankees putting Herman in the bullpen and letting our boy Johnny Lasagna get a, maybe a long term look as a Yankees fifth starter. Yeah, I mean, he's he's for sure earned it through you know three starts. He wasn't great against Seattle, obviously. They, his debut was awesome though, and tonight yeah. was too. Mm-hmm. But you know, he had the best offense in the league, other than big three. He's going to be on the short leash, obviously, and only his second start, you know. And later on, he's probably able to work out of that Seattle start. But yeah, but you know, other notes from uh, tonight's game. Uh, like I said, mentioned earlier, Stanton, big two run single. Um, Glaber Torres with uh, probably his most peculiar hit has a uh. (laughs) Yeah, everyone was fine for me, man. I thought it was a good piece of hitting. Everyone said I was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like it's tough to define. Like, if the, there's a difference between like good piece of hitting yeah. and then just like I was you more know, talking about like, it was, protecting the it was plate. Like, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. It was a good piece of hitting by, like you said, protected the plate, and he took it to where it was pitched. He didn't try to like golf it into left field and then popped up to the pitcher or third base. He like went with the pitch and just protected the plate. So yeah, I agree with you in that mm-hmm. stance. Um, judge, you know, judge went deep. That was a laser. That was like a stand homer. Like um, you were talking about his homer in Tropicana the other night that he just line drived it out. That was like the same exact kind of home run, just in a blink of an eye yeah. out. Yeah. So uh, like I also mentioned earlier, Chapman comes in in the eighth inning to get out of a jam, which he does because Batantis couldn't get out of it. It was, it was Batantis' second inning though, and I know he only yeah. got one out in the. Well, that's the thing though. I think it's for Batantis. I think it's more that just him going in and out is kind of what may mess with them. I don't know if it's mental or it's just like routine, but I think that's more it than the workload. Cause he's had innings where he's went gone like 30 pitches before because he's had to work around some, you know, jams. So I think that's more it just the going in and coming back out more so than the number of pitches or like the number of innings. Yeah. There, there's another guy that just, you know, we've just been amazed by and how he's just completely turned back into 
all-star Batansis and the guy that we're more f- so familiar Open with. Special. Yips, Yips Batansis that we saw during the playoffs last year mm-hmm. for a lot of last year. But, yeah, so the, tomorrow night the Yankees obviously are back at it against the Phillies, and it's a, a matchup of, uh, you know, one ace and one former ace. Uh, Luis Severino is gets the ball for the Yanks, and Jake Arrieta will be on the mound for the Phillies, so. Should be a good matchup, you know. Yeah, I'm Arietta. pretty excited for it. Arietta is, you know, could be good for a good old gem. You never know. But, you know, this weekend, that team against Boston, you know, it's Yankees, Red Sox. Yeah, Price. And, Price and Seve, Sunday yeah. Night Baseball. Wow. That's, that's going to be a good one. It's going to be a big series. He's got though, you know? Fortnite controller. Yeah, right. You know, he's supposed to, he's supposed to start every like I love how they announced like a few days like everything's yeah. on schedule for David yeah, Price. Like they had to make it like a headline. Yeah. The like, man's like, making a scheduled start. Why is it going like, to be a big thing? The rotation. Why? Yeah. Why are you? It's like red alert. David Price will pitch against the Yankees. Yeah, like, oh, once every four or five. Once every four or five days, you, the pitcher starts. That's what happens in baseball. Yeah. But yeah, I just want to like we're gonna ha- probably have another pod later in the week before that series and talk about it more. But yeah, it's always. Always nice to mention that, you know, the Red Sox are on the horizon because it's been a while since we've played the Red Sox. I believe it was early May, mid-May, the last time the Yankees and Red Sox played. Yeah, it uh, sounds about right. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's you know, it's not just like Philly. They still got the two games against Philly, who are a very good team. And then after Boston, they played the uh, the Braves. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know how serious. much I don't know how much our listeners, you know, follow the rest of the league, but the Braves of this year kind of remind me a bit of, the Yankees kind of last year and last I agree. Year. They're peaking last a year, year early. A lot of a lot of young guys, a lot of exciting prospects. You know, I'm not gonna say, oh well, like, you know, these prospects are better or worse. But very exciting team. And yeah, like you said, a, a team that's a year ahead of schedule, to say the least. And a team that I mean, they're right in the thick of just like the Phillies, just like the Nationals, they're right in the thick of the NL East. Uh mm-hmm. so, poor Mets. <laughs> <laughs> poor Mets never said no one ever. Like, really, because, you know, we love the trash the Mets, but, like, damn, the Mets really didn't expect the Phillies and the Braves to both be, like, pretty good. Like, that really just spoiled <laughs> Did you see their starting the lineup today? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, it's absolutely didn't. terrible. I'll pull it up real quick. Uh, like, we had Dominic Smith hitting fifth. Like, the man. Brandon, Brandon Nemo's been. Brandon Nemo's, like, their one. Like He wasn't in there. He wasn't in there. He's not in the lineup. I was nah, going to say, he's he got hit by a pitch in the hand. He's been a pretty good story for him. I like how I, – I, I am someone who likes how he just sprints out of the box at every – Yeah, I'm every, a big fan of that too. Like, I like how he does that. I wish more guys did that. All right, here we go. I got this Mets lineup for you. Let's see. We have – Here we go. Let me tell you guys, this is a pretty pretty intimidating lineup, so don't get too scared. Well, leading off, we had Michael Conforta, the, you know, the next Aaron Judge. Yeah, dude's hitting like 220. <laughs> we got Joey Bats hitting in the two spot. Okay. Uh, I got Asdrubal Cabrera, who is probably on steroids, hitting third. Dominic Smith in the fourth spot. Oh. Devin Mesoraco, the man who Matt Harvey was compared to because they were traded for one another, so they have to be similar, you would think. You got Jose Reyes, Kevin Puecki, some guy I've never heard of hitting 172 Gillamore. I don't, I don't even know. And then Seth Lugo, so not a good lineup in the slightest. Well, you saw David Wright was actually taking some BP today. Yeah, this is um, kind of a random question because I know it's not a Mets podcast, but this is just more of a baseball question. Where do you think he would play if he were to somehow make a comeback? Because, you know, you, you got Todd entrenched at third. Do you think you could maybe see him at first? I mean, I have no idea. 
I mean, like he's your franchise player. You can't just sit him on the bench. I mean, I know he hasn't played in three years, but man, that's that's a rabbit hole. That I, like, yeah, because you probably would play him at first because just you know he's probably in sh- his body's probably in shambles as it is if he's even oh, yeah. playing. So first base is just gonna require a lot less athleticism than third base. So yeah, mm-hmm. I would say probably play first, but. Yeah, that's uh, I think that's really all we got for the podcast. I hate to end it talking about the Mets, but you know, Mets suck. And, uh, <laughs> we just had to continue our trend of trashing either players or teams. Absolutely. Um, what better but, way to end up talking trash and talking about the Mets? Yeah, it was a good win tonight for the Yankees. Uh, they snapped their season. It was their season long three games. Yeah, I think it was terrible. Cancel the season. Yeah, I think that was the. I believe that was the first time they got swept all year. Yep. Um, Longest streak since I think the fifth. I think it was the fifties. They said I think nineteen fifty four. Yeah, so it's, it's tough to be too down, even after getting swept by the Rays, um, the the bullpen Rays, as I like to call them. Mm-hmm. But you know, the Yankees, they're they're doing well. They're on to Philly. Then they're going to be back in the Bronx against the Red Sox, and we're going to be here for it, potting about it, talking about it. So for Luigi, for Ryan, this is the BBB Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.